0: Good morning and welcome to our Sunday service. My name is Reverend Zoe Hemming. I am the Vicar of St Andrew's Church in Shropshire and the Enabling Church Advisor for the Lichfield Diocese. You join me in my little home office and home chapel, my little campervan outside. The theme for our service today is belonging. As we enjoy sharing our worship with many disabled Christians who have been able to fully participate and belong since church joined online. Living with chronic pain for many years myself and becoming a wheelchair user has been a journey of faith, a painful journey which has led me to discover new gifts, my own prejudices and the things and barriers which exclude people like me from being able to fully participate and belong to the church. To be human is to be limited. The Christian faith teaches us that everyone is made in the image of God and are called to be interdependent, a body of Christ. No one is more important than another. We'll hear that the first shall be last and the last shall be first in our reading later. We know that the coronavirus has hit the most vulnerable members of the community the hardest. Enabling us in our worship this morning is the wonderful WAVE community. Emily Richardson shares what everyday face looks like to her as her ministry thrives through social media. Our prayers are led by Ian Grantham, a passionate campaigner for churches to maintain online worship so that... Housebound Christians like him can continue to belong as they do through our current offering. You'll meet Katie Brown, who is a valued member of my own parish church, and Zoe Corney, a colleague and friend who lives with ME. You'll meet Peter Phillips, a newly gifted poet through his motor neurone disease. Our service today is a celebration of belonging, a church of God's wonderfully gifted, wonderfully diverse people in body, mind and spirit. Grace, mercy and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.
1: And also with you.
0: During our worship today, We are all invited to open our hearts and minds to encounter God in the stories, experiences and struggles of one another and in the radical, upside-down kingdom of God where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. We begin by taking a moment of stillness, wherever you are, however you are, to rest in the presence of God. We come from scattered lives to meet with God.
2: Let us recognise
1: his presence with us.
0: We meet in the presence of God,
1: who knows our needs and heals our wounds.
0: God knows us and calls us by name.
1: With childlike
2: faith we come.
0: come to God as one from whom no secrets are hidden to ask for his forgiveness and peace Lord our God God, in our pride we ignored your call our love for you is like a morning mist like a dew on the ground that goes away early have mercy on us Bind up our wounds and and revive us us. in Jesus Christ, Christ our Lord. May the God of love bring us back to Himself, forgive us our sins, and assure us of His eternal love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My friend Peter has motor neurone disease. That's just one part of who he is. He's a husband, a poet. A retired social worker and prison chaplain and a licensed lay minister. His declining health and disability has changed but not shrunk what he offers and enjoys. Since church and community is now possible online, instead of housebound isolation, his Christian vocation has been set free. He remains a valued and vital part of a vibrant faith community Sharing God's life, love, and hope in the world.
1: Okay, yes, my health has deteriorated over the last 18 months or so. But what's been more remarkable, my life has completely changed for the better. The new people I've met worshipped amongst, as well as being able to reconnect with old friends has been a real blessing, but my gift didn't stop there, oh no, I began to compose a collection of poetry about all sorts of things for the first time in my life. When local friends were surprised that some of my poets spoke to them, on a very deep spiritual level, and this is why I truly believe my Boti disease is a gift of God. I believe that through each one of us, God is working and calling, calling us to get out there and proclaim His kingdom here on earth. We all come across wrongdoing, doing injustice and human suffering in this modern age such as climate change, poverty and how we respond to 70 million refugees. Christians surely must not be afraid to speak out and to act. Having a terminal illness does not change that. For me, it will remain a gift, and I pray others will discover the gifts of their own mortality too. After all, to live in Christ to die would be a real gain, don't you think? The Lord is my light, my light above.
3: Reading from the letter to the Philippians, chapter one, verses twenty-one to end. For to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means freeful labour for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faithful gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
4: Hi, I'm Emily and I work at All Saints Film on their comms, which as you can imagine, has been quite demanding of late. I always counter myself though, by saying I only work part time because i never really had the bodily stamina for a normal nine-to-five. In fact, some days in lockdown, my office is my bed. So in this story, Jesus tells about the workers in the vineyard, rather than lamenting the unfairness of those who've been working since the start of the day. I've always known I was one of the latecomers doing its smaller share for the same wage. But rather than feel guilty about that, I've learned to focus on the vineyard owner. He pays the wage according to what he sees fit. His only demand is a willingness to work. It's to me, a picture of grace. It's also interesting that the latecomers had not been asked by any other employers all day. They'd been overlooked, be judged on a perception of their productivity. So on my less productive days and even on my most productive days, it's always good to be reminded that I serve a God who isn't a clock watcher or a bookkeeper, but a generous, gracious employer who works always according to the economy of grace.
5: In the vineyard Matthew 20 verses 1 to 16 read by members of Wave Church. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them,
6: You also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right.
5: So they went. He went out again about noon in the afternoon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing about five in the afternoon. He went out and found others still standing around. He asked them,
6: Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one hired us! They answered, You also go and work in my vineyard.
5: When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman,
6: Call the workers and pay them wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first.
5: The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon we came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it they began to grumble against the landowner.
6: Those who hired us worked only one hour they said you have made them equal to us who have Born the burden of the work and the heat of the day.
5: But it one
6: of them. I'm not being unfair to you, friends. Didn't you agree to work for Denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give one who was high as last the same I gave you. Don't I have the right to do whatever I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous?
5: So, the last would be the first. And the first will
0: be the last. We all want to be treated fairly, don't we? Many of us remember events from our childhood where we felt like we were being treated unfairly in some small way that might still even niggle us to this day. Or perhaps, like me, you've got children who call you out when you haven't done for one exactly as you've done for another. It's not fair. I like how Jesus uses ordinary, everyday stories and life to help people better understand something about themselves, each other and God. The story we've just heard is 2,000 years old and the world has changed so much. People have changed so much too, haven't they? Haven't they? Perhaps not as much as we'd like to hope. It's quite easy to identify with those workers who'd worked all day and gotten the same day's wages as those who'd arrived much later. It sounds fairly reasonable, doesn't it? Fair day's work for fair day's pay. But that's what they were given, so what's their problem? I think the answer is as necessary for us to hear today again as it was then. The way God values us is not the same as we value each other. Emily Richardson's question about who those people were who were only hired at the end of the day should cause us to pause. When asked why they weren't working by the landowner, they responded it was because nobody had hired them, even though they were in the place where all the labourers were hired. We are invited to speculate why. Is it because they were new to town? Or were they from a different community? Did something about them put them at the back of the queue each day? The Gospels are filled with Jesus' encounters with people who were forced to beg because of disability or illness or some other community shame Which excluded them and pushed them to the margins of society. He was often accused of mixing with people who were not thought to be suitable for a good Jew to spend time and energy on. Do those same prejudices exist today? Do some people get pushed to the back of the queue? What about in church? This story showed them, and us, that God doesn't value like the free market economy does. We cannot compete for God's love. It is freely given. And that does not value it either. On the contrary. Whilst this may seem like bad business sense to a vineyard owner, a church is not a business. A church is the body of Christ. A community of people who share strengths and weaknesses. Where people are valued because each are a reflection of who God is. And 2,000 years ago, people thought God would send a warrior to free people from the Roman Empire. But instead he sent a carpenter who became a refugee and a victim of awful injustice who came back with a wounded body to show that wholeness isn't the same as perfection. God does not measure one person against another in the same way that no parent ranks children by preference or ability. So is that fair? I think so. Sure. Us declare our faith in God. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with His love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father. Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.
7: Let us pray. Unifying God, we pray for your church, both hidden and visible, gathered online, in homes and in churches throughout the world. We give you thanks that the church is a place where broken, poor and marginalized people can belong. And through loving acceptance of all our limitations be a blessing and flourish as essential members of your body as those called to know and share light and hope help your people during these challenging times in and out of many kinds of lockdown and isolation to secure and protect the bridges and bonds which connect us and unite us that all may fulfill your purposes for our lives as part of your family. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. Empowering God, we give you thanks for all the disabled people who belong to our church communities, for those who lead and minister, for those who struggle with barriers seen and unseen, and for those who speak of your love without saying a word. We bring before you today all people who long to belong, but feel excluded. We give thanks for those who are less mobile, who teach us to be still. Those who have experienced mental distress, who teach us to hold on to an honest faith in you. And those who live with pain and teach us how to live with vulnerability. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. God of justice and peace, we give thanks for the beautifully diverse, yet wounded and divided world in which we live. We ask for your peace to fall upon those places where there is war, terror, violence and injustice. We hold before you all those who have been and continue to be injured or scarred, physically or mentally, by war, those who live with pain from their injuries, and those who have been traumatised. We also pray for all those living without the safety, medical care and social support which we take for granted. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. Gentle and compassionate God, who enters into and shares our human fragility, we pray for all those in our wider communities, amongst our families, our friends and our neighbours, who are vulnerable, vulnerable because of their disability. In a moment of solidarity, we hold out before you in prayer those who are exploited or abused, and all who struggle to cope. We pray for all those who care for disabled family members, medics, nurses, social care staff, and those informal but equally important family carers, both young and old, who bravely surrender their own resources for the good of their loved ones. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. Loving God, we pray for all those who suffer in body, mind or spirit, for all who live with pain, fatigue, loss of faculties or side effects from medication. We pray for those who have become disabled in later life and who are struggling to come to terms with impairment. Lay your healing hand on all those who suffer, that they may know a wholeness which your presence with them can bring. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. Timeless God, we remember with thanksgiving all those who died before we were ready to let them go, and those who knew that their lifespan would be limited by disabling conditions. Give strength and hope to all who mourn for loved ones. We give thanks that in this life and the next, you offer healing and wholeness of life beyond all which limits us. Help all your children to rest in your eternal love and share the journey of life in all its fullness without fear. Merciful Parent, Saviour, Companion and Friend, by your Spirit, unite our hearts, minds and souls to serve you with joy forever, through the life, death and resurrection of Christ. Amen.
0: Our Collect prayer for today comes from the Anglican Church of New Zealand. Let us pray. God of grace, you are kind to all people, good beyond our understanding. Help us to be grateful for what we have been given, and merciful and generous with our sisters and brothers. Teach us the ways of your kingdom, where the last will be first, and the first will be last. Through Jesus Christ, our liberator, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray the prayer that unites us over 2,000 years and across the globe, the Lord's Prayer.
3: Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
0: As you go into this week whatever it brings you in these ever-changing times may we not fear our limitations as individuals or as churches may we discover gifts that we'd overlooked and through our lives together grow in faith hope and love through being known and loved by god A prayer of blessing for us all the love of the lord jesus draw you to himself the power of the lord jesus strengthen you for his service the joy of the lord jesus fill your hearts and the blessing of god the father the son and the holy spirit be with you and remain with you and those you pray for, care for, miss and love this day and evermore. Amen.
1: Last week I wrote a poem. It's called, I am blessed. Would you like to hear it? Okay. I am blessed. Above my eyes I can see cumulus clouds. My ears can hear the bird song which is so loud. I am blessed. My fingers could touch nature's leaves. I can feel the earth beneath it, and all that grieves. I am blessed. I can... Sh- I can stroke our Labrador. He smiles. And she's tale, I am blessed, sweet conversation on demand, silent times when contemplation can be found, I am blessed, universal haptics at my fingertips, world gossip, drama, scouting is on everyone's TV lips. I am blessed I am able to see my future clear, because I come to understand why my life and may be so near. I am blessed, for I have been given gifts beyond compare. Now, shortly maybe my time to float upon the eternal prayer.
5: Hiya, my name's Becky George. Welcome to our Macaton UK Blessing.